The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome into the overreaction post-game show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast podcast network. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction post-game show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Joe Miller Wired. This isn't great, fam. This isn't exactly great. This was a game that uh into the coming into the post-game show or the pre- pregame show time to shine segment the bills mafia time to shine i had made the comment that i didn't want to say this was a uh the game of the season but it kind of was the game of the season um and it left us a little bit flat but we're going to talk about it we're going to get through it we're going to have a conversation uh i'm excited that all of you are here i just put in the comment section live on youtube that i just want to say thank you and i greatly appreciate every single one of you that stays up and, and, and like is in the chat section, the comment section in the waiting room, if you will, like 15, 20 minutes early, like commenting the fact that you ride along with me and you're interested in what I have to say about these football games. It means a lot. So thank you. Thank you so much. If you're downloading this and listening to it as a podcast on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Also, thank you very much to you. Or if you're watching this on YouTube later in the week, thank you for being a listener. But as I always like to say, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now on one of many networks, let me just say one more time, welcome. Please do me a favor, like and subscribe on whatever platform you're watching if you have not yet or listening to. And we are, oh, by the way, Super Chat Live. And to that point, I've already got a bunch of Super Chats in here. First one comes from, Pay- from Payton. Payton, uh, thank you for the Super Chat. I can't wait to see you next week in Tampa, bro. We're going to have a beer. We're going to enjoy some time together. Payton gives us the, uh, the the quote made famous by Marv Levy. He says, I am hurt, but I am not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again. Fight on, my men. Hang in there, Joe. 
I'm with you. I'm hanging in there the best I can. It's funny because uh, expectations have uh, basically uh, halted down to base, you know, what ground level. Second super chat comes in from uh, Cam Greasy over on the West Coast. He says, uh, "Here's an overreaction. Fire Dable." <laughs> you know, I I don't know where the conservativeness of this offense and this defense and just this team in general has come from. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know if it's from Dable. I don't know if it's from McDermott. I don't know if it's a team decided thing, but it's not fun to watch. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. Uh, last super chat that I got right now for you guys is from Pamela. Pamela, thank you so much for being a, a fantastic listener, fan of the show and a friend of mine. Uh, if the weather was not what it, what it was, do you think we would have won? Well, I think you're getting ahead of me a little bit. I think this game had, even with the weather, had the blueprint, the perfect blueprint for a Buffalo Bills win. The Buffalo Bills just had to execute and trust who they were, which we began to see that a little bit towards the end of the game. We're going to find out if the weather, if it weren't such a factor in a couple weeks, if if the outcome would be different. I'm going to say, Pamela, at this point that I feel that this is an offensive line and defensive line that has gotten bullied and beat up a lot this year, out-physicaled. I use the word uh, soft. Joe Marino used the word wilted. Um, I don't expect much from them at this point. I think there needs to be potentially some changes made. Whoops, flipped out on me there. Some potential changes made as far as just uh, personnel-wise up front. But we're going to do our best to get through this thing, so hang with me. I'm going to give you some uh, information just as far as high-level summary stuff. I'll get through the uh, the game stats of this football game. We will obviously uh, read the tweets. I'll give you my dude awards. I'm just trying to navigate to the game stats. I apologize. I'll give you the dude awards, and then, uh, like I said, the highlight of every, every post-game show for me is the reading of the tweets. Another super chat coming in from Timothy. Timothy, thanks so much for the, for being a part of the show. Appreciate you. Somebody teach McDermott timeout management. Eh. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that one. Between McDermott challenging things that are not overturnable, calling timeouts at the wrong time on second and goals and second and shorts or wherever they were in the red zone, to basically the referees marking the ball one yard short of an obvious Josh Allen first down. Luckily, there was a penalty on it, so it didn't have to be challenged, but I don't even know where to begin with stuff like that. But let's let's work through my notes. Let's work through my notes just a little bit. Uh, and by the way, thank you to the moderators. I don't know who's saying stuff that they should be saying, but uh, Richard Rush and whoever else is moderating uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, <laughs> keeping it clean and friendly and a family show in the comment section. But, uh, yeah, about that. So, uh, the Buffalo bills, as we talked about already hosted the new England Patriots in a game, uh, basically not ideal for throwing the football, which may ultimately put this franchise in a position to really begin considering a dome. I have not been on the dome team. I've been very much against it. I feel like from my experience as a Bills fan and watching our 90s football team, which, by the way, if you were not around and didn't catch it, the pregame show, the John Off Tackle with John Fina show was a pregame show today, and we had Jerry Ostrowski and we had uh, Glenn Parker on that show. So we had three-fifths, if you will, of the 1990s Buffalo Bills offensive line on the show, and it was fantastic. But because of watching those guys and, and, and enjoying football when I was a kid and a teenager and in college, 
I felt like for me, you know, the weather was on our side and it was very much, it was, it was home field advantage. And we're going to see a little bit of that when the Carolina Panthers come to town and the Atlanta Falcons come to town, we're going to see some of that home field advantage against Southern teams. The problem is at least with this coaching staff. And I know that by the time this dome is done, a good number of these players won't be on this football team. And there's a very good chance, obviously, that Sean McDermott isn't going to be coaching this football team for 15 or 20 years. But right now, the problem is we have a quarterback that is very good at throwing the football. He actually threw the ball well in the wind today, in the weather, in this game. And we have a coaching staff that, for some reason, does everything in its power to take the ball out of his hands, especially for the, through the first three quarters of a bad weather football game. That's not ideal. It's just not ideal. I guess if we're going to keep the dome and we're going to keep Sean McDermott and the conservative coaching philosophies that we have somehow adopted recently, maybe we should go all in on a Naheem Hines or some big, giant, powerful back, retool the entire offensive line, and get us a quarterback that's basically going to do what Mac Jones does, which is hand it off to a couple good running backs with a great offensive line and throw some soft kind of safe passes. If that's who they want to be, then they should have drafted the right quarterback because Josh Allen's not that guy. So how do you fix this situation? At least with Josh Allen being here for hopefully the next 10 to 15 years, you build him a dome, put the Buffalo bills coaching staff. Yes. I said the bills coaching staff in a position where they can't take the football out of his hands. Otherwise, every time we have a bad way, if it's going to rain, if it's going to do certain stuff, the, the coaching staff's going to take the ball out of his hands. But this game wasn't fun. It was actually more of a joke. It was a joke of a game. It was a joke of a game plan. It was a joke in execution and a joke in coaching. As frankly, for the fifth time this season, this coaching staff, Leslie Frazier, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, got severely outcoached. Severely outcoached. We have another super chat from Cam uh, Cam Greasy. Cam, again, thank you for being a part of the show. Appreciate you. Josh Allen is 25 and now tied uh, to the area. I'm joining Team Dome. I'm He is. This is Josh. There isn't. Well, I'm not going to say that. There's a lot of people I'm going to talk about in a second on social media blowing up Josh right now, saying that he he's the reason the Bills lost this game and a lot of blame needs to fall on him. You're crazy if you think that. Don't blow the comment section up. Give me a chance to get there. But Josh Allen is, he is Buffalo. He is Bill's Mafia. He is a member of this football team, and I don't want to see him go anywhere until he retires. The day he retires, I want him to retire wearing red, white, and blue of the Buffalo Bills. That being the case, build the Manodome. Build the Manodome. Some interesting topics in this football game, and I just realized that my banner is completely missing. Sometimes technology evades me. I hope you guys haven't, uh, <laughs> what's the word? I hope you guys haven't missed all of my fun little banners just staring at me in my background. Anyway, uh, some interesting topics uh, in this game uh, to include the weather uh, and what we perceive as a healthy scratching of Steve, uh, Stevenson and McKenzie. I don't know what was up with that. Regardless of what you feel I feel about Isaiah McKenzie and his performance or the coaching staff feels about Isaiah McKenzie, regardless of what we hope to see from Marquez Stevenson and the Bills coaching staff saw from him last week with a dropped kick return that he, or muff punt rather, that he fell on. A little weird when you scratch both of your guys. You've got two punt returner, kick returner guys, and you scratch them. And basically, you're going to throw Micah Hyde back there. Maybe it was weather related. 
Maybe it was strategic, strategically related. We don't know at this point. I hope that the question gets asked uh, by the press in the press conference that they ask him what the thought plan was going into that. And I hope we get a decent answer. But to me, I don't know that it worked. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that it would have been any better had McKenzie or Stevenson been available. It was just a little bit weird. So from from jump, this was just kind of a weird game. But we knew that it was going to be a good old-fashioned ground-and-pound game, right, because of the win, because of the weather, what we've seen this Bills coaching staff do before, what we know the Patriots are going to do. Both games were going to – or both teams, rather, were going to run. Both defenses knew they were going to run. And run the Patriots did. The Bills, however, found great success passing the ball. Are you surprised? If I tell you that the Buffalo Bills were not hot, held to nothing for three straight quarters, trying to run the football until they decided to pass it, and then they found success in the pass, would that surprise you? No, it wouldn't surprise you because that's who the Buffalo Bills are. And when the Buffalo Bills began to throw the ball and began to open the offense up, it made Belichick panic a little bit. That's that's finally when Mac Jones threw the ball twice. But in the end, it was far too late. The, the New England Patriots played this game beyond the definition of one-dimensional. Mac Jones threw the Mac Jones, Jones. Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Bills Mafia, enjoy being the butt of those jokes for the rest of this week. The rest of this week, you're going to see smiling, giggling, bouncing in their chairs, NFL media types laughing about how Mac Jones was 60% on three throws, two completions. What was it, like 17 yards? And they beat the Buffalo Bills. As this game unfolded, I tweeted it. I put it out there at one point that it was obvious the Bills cannot win this football game unless they push, put the Patriots in a position where they have to throw the football. And they they couldn't do it. They did. They, it literally happened for one three and out where Mac Jones handed the ball off, threw an interception, or I'm sorry, man, threw an incompletion, and then completed another ball that was a screen, screen, screen pass that was basically put them three and out at that point. So what I tweeted earlier that the Bills cannot win this game unless they put the Patriots in a position to have to throw the ball was true because for one series, the Patriots tried to throw the ball and it did not work. But the Buffalo Bills needed to do that before the second to last series of the fourth quarter when they'd already been driven into the ground for three hours. The Bills made some adjustments on defense and on offense. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I got excited. They made a game of it late. I got I got super excited. I got encouraged. I got a little 2020 feeling back into me. Like, they're going to pull this out. Like, they've already driven the field once. Sure, they missed a field goal, but they drove the field once, and they got the ball back. I was like, they can they can absolutely drive the field again. They can do this. I got encouraged. I felt I became a believer. But it was just too late. And this game left me with nothing but questions. Lots of them. Lots of questions, and I know that you guys have a lot of the same questions that I have. More on that in a second. How do you not stop? Question number one. Sorry. I'm trying to take a drink. 
How do you not stop a team from running the football when they have only thrown one pass for three straight quarters? How do you not stop a team from running the football when they have only thrown one pass for three straight quarters in a football game with crazy wins that you knew were coming five days ago, six days ago? It was Tuesday or Wednesday, and all the news channels here in Buffalo were talking about this pressure situation that was going to bring high winds, possible lake effect, yada, yada. You knew what the weather was going to be. You knew what Belichick was going to do. All you had to do was put a hat on a hat, man up, gut it out, and stop them, and you couldn't do it. I have to question the field goal attempt late that was missed. What in the world? I'm watching the Manning cast. At this point, I had turned the game off because I couldn't take Steve Levy and those guys any longer. Brian Greasy, they were driving me insane. So I switched to the Manning cast, second to third or second to last series. And Peyton and Eli are both like, you got to score a touchdown here. Before the field goal, even the field goal team trotted on the field, they were like, the only answer here, I just said you got to score a field goal. Before the field goal team was trying on the field, the Mannings basically said, you've got you've to score a touchdown here. I'm trying to correct myself. They were all in on a touchdown. You've got to score a touchdown. A field goal, you're, only, you're still one point behind. There's no guarantee you're going to get the ball back. The Mannings, and the, what do they do? They trot, they trot Bass out there. And this is not an indictment on him. We all love the kid. He said, On that side of the field, it was said early in the game that he did not feel comfortable kicking the football like, I think it was like like somewhere around 25 yards from that side of the field. Sure enough, he goes out there, he misses it. Here's the thing. If the Buffalo Bills go for it on fourth down and miss it, don't get the fourth down, they're in the same exact position as if they missed a field goal, except the Patriots get the ball seven yards closer to the Bills' end zone. That didn't matter because the Patriots went three and out, but I have to seriously question that field goal attempt. It does nothing for you unless you're playing for another field goal in a highly improbable situation in 45 mile an hour gusting winds with 25 mile an hour winds constant. It makes zero sense. Super chat. Cam Greasy, thank you so much, man. You're just uh, lighting up the super chats and I, I enjoy it and I appreciate it. McDermott said at halftime, they need to run the ball effectively. What game was he watching? He was watching the Patriots run the game, run the ball effectively against us. He was watching the Patriots put the ball down our throats, which we do not have the offensive line for, nor do we have the running backs for, which, by the way, I will say, Zach Moss played an exceptional football game tonight. He was a highlight in this game. But this was also the kind of game that he's built for. Second question. Or maybe third question. I sincerely have to question the abandoning of the run by the Bills late. Listen to me. I have to question why the Bills abandoned the run late. But Joe, they went to the pass and like Josh Young started lighting it up. Yeah, I have to question that. I, I especially have to question it when they found success. Well, why would you question them abandoning the run and finding success? Because we're talking about a coaching staff that came out of the Colts game, and Leslie Frazier said, we never once considered coming out of the 4-2 nickel against Jonathan Taylor. Never once even considered it. You're talking about a coaching staff that gets married to a game plan 
And that's what we're going to do. We're not going to move. We're not going to adjust. We believe in our game plan. We're going to execute this thing or at least try to win, lose, or draw. This year, it's been a lot of losing because of it. So what do they do? They actually find themselves moving out of the the ground and pound, the run only. They abandon the run in the fourth quarter. They find success. This, we've said it for two, I've said it for two years. This is a pass-first football team. Everybody knows it. Apparently, except Brian Dable and Sean McDermott. Everybody except Brian, uh, Brian Dable and Sean McDermott. This is literally why I'm at the point now where you just build this kid a dome. Build him a dome and almost get rid of the, the offensive coordinator. Like, just give the ball to Josh. Let him do what he's going to do. I know that sounds silly. I'm not, I'm being a little, I'm overreacting at this point. But you understand what I'm saying. People are on social media right now, by the way. I talked about this at the top. Blaming Josh Allen for this loss. Come on, man. Come on. This loss was not on Josh Allen. <laughs> Did he panic a little bit at the end? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Sure, there was the one play where somebody said he dipped his head too early and took his eyes off the receivers because he panicked. Whatever. Did he make a miraculous move in the second to last drive or somewhere in, in the end there and equally and then an equally miraculous throw and hit da, uh, Dawson Knox in the hands in the end zone? Absolutely, he did that. Did he miss Beasley open? Yes, he did. Did the defender make a great play on that on that pass, the fourth down? Yes, the defender made a great play. Was the game lost when McDermott, this is it right here, was the game lost when McDermott chose a field goal on the second to last drive? Yes. So insert Cousin Eddie bingo gif right here. That is when the game was lost. Jake gave with the super chat. Appreciate you, Jake. Jake says, rest in peace to a Super Bowl caliber team. We have major holes to fill on both sides. We also need to trust with Josh throwing the ball, which is the rant that I'm pretty much on right now. Josh, thank you for the super chat. I don't I don't know how people are blaming Josh Allen for this for this for this football game. That the the defense gave up, I haven't got there yet, over 200 yards on the ground. Over 200 yards on the ground. You're talking about a defensive play, and I'm going to talk about it in the uh, in the in the play-by-play stuff. Where you know the the 65-yard touchdown run by Damian Harris, you know both uh, Micah Hyde and Tremaine Edmonds over pursued so ridiculously bad it wasn't even funny, which gave him the hole in that 65-yard run. Which oh by the way, had they not scored that 65-yard rushing touchdown, the Buffalo Bills win that football game, possibly more than likely if everything else goes the same way. It's confusing to me. And I'll say this, this season isn't over. But my God, it's on life support. It's all but over. The Bills are now in the last playoff spot in the AFC. The last one. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend, which I'm going to be at along with my guy, Payton, and a bunch of other Bills Mafia. I think Chris Kimmick's going to be down there and some other people. Uh, Ryan is going to be down there. Ryan Johnson. Bunch of people are going to be down there at the game because Bill's Mafia travels well. And I'm not overly gratefully looking forward to that football game right now. I'm just not. I'm just not. Story of this football game for me. And uh, I'm, I'll tell you what, the story of this football game, a lot, the whole entire show is brought to you by the Market Dominator. But I'm going to give you the Market Dominator as the story. He's, he's bringing us the story of this football game uh, for this episode as well. Who is the Market Dominator? Well, the Market Dominator is my guy. Uh, John Spaschek, who also will be at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game versus the Buffalo Bills next weekend. 
John is a real estate agent with uh, Keller Williams. Keller Williams is the largest real estate agency brokerage in the entire world. John is a life transition specialist. He not only helps you sell your home for top dollar, but he leads you through the entire transition of selling and buying your home just as a life transition specialist would. It can be the most frustrating, crazy, stressful experience ever buying a home or selling a home and you want the right guy on your team that guy for you for me for everybody is john or is uh, john spascheck give john a call 716-570-3298 that number number again 716-570-3298 john is also bills mafia you can reach him on twitter as well you can uh dm him or friend him or follow him at your elite broker john spascheck the market dominator his whole entire team is great it's not just john his whole, his whole entire team is great. John, thank you so much for being an awesome, awesome sponsor of this show and the Humpty Hotline. Got a super chat from uh, John McCarty, but John, there's no information tagged here. Let me see if I can find. Did you put in a question or a comment? Yep, you did. Uh, I'm going to read this one because I think this might be what you're trying to say. Uh, maybe barely making the playoffs as a seven seed and being on the road will be a good thing since we know this team isn't built for Buffalo weather. I disagree. I don't think that this team has a problem with Buffalo weather. I don't think this team has a problem with weather at all. I think this coaching staff has a problem with weather, which is a little bit opposite of what I've said in the past, because I'm the guy that has said before that the Buffalo Bills made a huge mistake two years ago against the Eagles at home in Buffalo when we saw similar weather to today, 55-mile-an-hour gusts, and the Eagles beat us because Josh Allen threw the, four, the ball 46 times. Now, this is what I would tell you. If you get weather like you had in this game against the Patriots, you don't throw the ball 40 times. But you throw it enough times to score enough points to force the other team to have to throw the ball, which the Buffalo Bills did not do. Why? Because the Buffalo Bills coaching staff took the football out of Josh's hands in the first three quarters. So I don't think I don't think it's about this team not being built for weather. I think they are built for weather. I think Josh Allen can throw the football in the weather. Now, if we're going to have a conversation about the running game, that's a whole another conversation. The Buffalo Bills need to spend serious resources and capital on either a phenomenal offensive line or if they're not going to do that. And they're going to keep the guys they have. They've got to go find a real running back that can play and make things happen behind guys that are, that are going to miss blocks and not execute properly because what they have right now is not working. Back to the story of the game. Thank you so much, bro, for the super chat, by the way. For me, as I break the story of this game down, you know, it, the weather provided a situation for Buffalo who wants to make teams one-dimensional. One We've heard this conversation from the coaching staff before, from Sean McDermott. On defense, we want to make them one-dimensional. We want to take one aspect of their game away from them, whether it's the pass, whether it's the run. We want to make them one-dimensional. The oppor opportunity that they needed to do just that due to the weather was there. It, everything that they needed to make the Patriots one-dimensional was absolutely there. And, oh, by the way, the Patriots played along perfectly to a T. You couldn't have scripted, we want them to be one-dimensional more than what we saw. The Patriots ran the ball all but three times. And your defense couldn't stop them. There was times in this game when Ramondre Stevenson was ripping off five-yard like five runs like every single time, five-yard clips every time he touched the football. Every single time he touched the football, five, six, seven yards. It was just, 
more of what we've seen this season where they're just getting big boyed and they can't they can't win at the point of attack this buffalo bills defense the defense just couldn't stop them and unfortunately the other half of this story is the buffalo bills offense couldn't convert points and right now this team isn't just backed against the wall they are all but out And a loss in Tampa next week will just pretty much put a dot or dot the period, I should say, at the end of the 2021 season chapter that started with us all believing, the media believing, and them, unfortunately, believing that they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender and had aspirations. Because if they have not checked, they are not at this point. They're not even, they're barely a playoff contender. The only teams they've beaten have been garbage football teams. Anybody with any physicality, Anybody with any skill at all or half a decent coaching staff has whooped them, taken taken them to the woodshed and whooped them. To use Joe Marino's term, this team wilted this season. And frankly, if they miss the playoffs, I personally would like to see some changes made, both in the coaching staff and in personnel. And I know that says a lot because – but Joe, you know, they've been with, they've had Leslie Frazier for four years. They've had Brian Dable for four years. By the way, those two guys aren't getting head coaching job unless there's a miraculous turnaround and the Bills make it to the playoffs and they literally win the Super Bowl. Neither of those guys are getting scooped off this roster or off this team, off this coaching staff with Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable. It's not that dream, that ship has sailed. But Joe, continuity, continuity, like you, you don't know how much value it is to have like, you know, the, the same coaching staff with the quarterback and the same coaching staff with the defense and, you know, four years, five years, six years, like it really means a lot. Really? Because it hasn't meant squat this year. I did a, an entire pod. If Chris Jenke was in the chat, he would tell you. I did an entire pod on continuity and continuity is a lie. It's an absolute 100% lie. And I appreciate the 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 the, the flag that you're throwing, Peyton, that... Uh, Miami looks good now, and so does the Washington football team. When we played those football teams, they were garbage, as was, well, Kansas Kansas City was a decent football team. Just as the Bills looked good and have regressed, those teams looked bad and have impressed, right? But I appreciate it. No, I I got you, bro. He he says that was mostly a joke about the the late game penalty. Bro, I, I appreciate it, man. Call me out on my stuff. I make mistakes all the time, all the time. I expect to see changes, especially in personnel. I'd like to see changes in coaching. At some point in time, McDermott, who is the head coach of this football team, who made comments this past week like we're playing the number one New England Patriots, trying to get a message across to his team and his coaching staff, they've got to answer the bell. They have not done that this year. And the person that's on the hook for all of it is Sean McDermott. I expect changes. I'm going to go through the the, the quarters real quick. There's not a whole lot here. Quarter one, the Bills and the Patriots were trading three and outs. The Bills were playing okay. They actually were playing. They they were actually playing. They were playing a 4-3 base defense, which was great. I loved seeing it. And early on, I thought it was going to be great, and I thought it was going to work. I was like, man, if they can hold up, it just proves my point. Big bodies work. Big Stay out of that nickel 4-2 when you're playing a team that's good good on the ground. And then Breida straight drops the football. 
And people were blaming Josh Allen for that one too. It's like this, the, the running back who has a history of dropping the football fumbles and you want to blame the superstar. Why is that so Buffalo? That is so what Bill's Mafia does. That was not Josh Allen's fault. And as we already talked about on the very next series, coming off of that fumble, Edmonds and Hyde over Pursue. Harris goes for 64 yards. In my notes, I have the Pats have not thrown a single pass. <laughs> my oh my, how this game was going to unfold. In my notes, I've got the Pats have not thrown a single pass yet. Basically two series in, two or three series in. It's crazy. Eight nothing. Huge play. Game of inches as that punt happens and the ball hits Nikhil Harry in the face mask. At that point, it's no longer a game of inches. It's a game of millimeters. Millimeters, bro. <laughs> Buffalo Bills ball. It was great. Allen throws a dart to Gabriel Davis. What a freaking throw that was. Allen, this, I'm going to be honest with you guys. There's people blaming Allen. Allen, to me, played a good football game. He had some great crisp throws in this game. He hit a lot of guys in the hands. There were some balls that didn't go well, and there's a couple balls that the wind took. But you're talking about a quarterback that played against another quarterback who only threw the ball three times. Mac Jones was trusted to throw the ball three times. Josh Allen was throwing the ball when he needed to, late especially. Eight to seven, New England's on the board, or I should say New England's winning. Mac Jones, in my notes, I said I have that he threw one pass in the entire first quarter. My guy, Brian Bowers, with the Super Chat. Brian, what's up, good dude? Uh, good, uh, it's good to see you, dude. The Buffalo Bills are exactly who some of us thought they were, while most of the mafia didn't want to believe it. I've been saying it for weeks. My friend, you know that I love you. You know we're boys. I've been saying it too, my guy. I've been saying it too. There were there was cracks in the armor. There was there was you know right. There was some things that we were beginning to see that that didn't look good. And it's it it, go, it goes back to the conversations at the podium at the presser at the end of the Colts game that this isn't who we are. It is. This is who we are right now. It's not who we have to be. But it's who we are. Second quarter. Folk kicks a 41-yard field goal with the win, not into the win. The Pats are up 11-7. to Allen's making good throws, like the throws that he's had. He, they're not throwing the ball a ton. They're still, they'll start, they'll, they'll, they're still running the ball way more than I felt like they needed to, but he was making a couple good throws. Dawson Knox drops a sure first. Man, Dawson Knox did not have a good football game. Mac Jones was one for one and it was a bad pass by the end of the at the end of the first half my notes i'm trying to decipher my notes but the end of the first half mac jones threw the ball one time for one completion and the ball he threw was bad it wasn't even a good it was a phenomenal catch pats end the half 11 to 7 the bills are getting the football back which is great another super chat buffalo archives now 250 million ought to buy more than 10 points i'm gonna be honest with you you're not wrong but it's not 250 million. It's 300 <laughs> because the last two years of his contract, that the new contracts added on to the back of this contract. So he's actually a $300 million quarterback. Um, it, it's funny because as much as there's a lot of people blaming him for only scoring 10 points, I don't know at what point in time, I don't know where you, I don't know where you guys draw the line between Josh Allen and what he's being asked to do. This was a phenomenal moment. And I, if, if the, the several hundred of you that are watching this broadcast right now, if you don't hear anything else I say, listen to this. So Jerry Ostrowski in the pregame show was talking about Jim Kelly 
and he was talking about the K gun and he was talking about who they were because the topic was identity. John Fina brought up in the pregame show identity. This offense doesn't really have an identity, blah, 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 blah. And we, so we were, t- we were breaking that down. And Jerry Ostrowski says there was a time when our identity as the Buffalo Bills was a, was the K gun. And for those of you that don't know, because people always think it means Kelly, it doesn't. It means Keith McKellar. So Keith McKellar was basically what made the Kagan go, the tight end position. And there was a point where he said, and this is, I've never read this. I've never seen this. I've never heard this reported. So this is like legit insider information, right? So you're about to get a nugget that came out today that I'd never heard before and I've never read before. But there was a point after a couple of years that the Bills decided that they were no longer going to be the K-Gun. They, were, they got Carwell Gardner and they were going to be a run-heavy, pound-it-down-your-throat football team and they affectionately inside the locker room named it the C-Gun for Carwell Gardner, the C-Gun. Well, they get out to their first game, and I'm going somewhere with this. They get out to their first game, and it's not going well. The C-Gun is failing. And it gets to the point where it's failed enough times that Josh, or Jim Kelly, rather, goes into the huddle, and he says, F it. This isn't working. We're done with it. He kicks Carwell Gardner out of the huddle. They go back to the K-Gun, and they proceed to, I think he said, score four, like the next four drives in a row, three or four drives in a row. What I'm trying to tell you is you can blame Josh Allen all you want, but when you look at what you're looking at this year compared to what you saw last year, you cannot put all of that on Josh Allen. They played the game to Josh Allen's strengths last year, and whoever they were they were last year, they're not trying to be that team this year. Whether they're afraid of the cover two, whether they can't get the, the right plays called to, to take advantage of what's being given, whatever the, the answer is, it's not all wholly on Josh Allen. It's coaching. 100% coaching. And that's all I got to say about that. If you di- if you missed Glenn Parker, John Fiena, and Jerry Ostrowski on the pregame show, the Off Tackle with John Fiena show pregame show, go back and watch it. It was pretty it was pretty incredible. Third quarter. A couple of three and outs, and the Bills put a drive together. This is where the Bills started kind of like, you know, they kind of started to find themselves. Allen just misses Diggs, or Allen just misses Diggs on a deep ball. Hit him, hit him, didn't hit him in the ar- hands, hit him in the arm, but the ball was there. Diggs just couldn't track it, which is fine. It's funny because you always read these stupid stats. And I think I read a stat today that talked about Stefan Diggs is number one in the league for like drops or something like that. Like balls that have hit him in the hand, like deep passes. He's number one in the league either this year or over the last two years for not having dropped a deep ball. And then what happens? He drops one tonight. But it was a good mix of play calls. The Bills kind of were breaking out of that hole, being afraid of the weather thing. And then there was that penalty on third down that I feel like Josh converted. I talked about it earlier. He, he leaped and reached for the first down, and he got that first down. And uh, they, they spotted the ball a yard behind the <laughs> behind the sticks, which was crazy. But luckily, they called up. It was it was it, it that was not a great roughing the or, uh, uh, personal foul call that they made, but it made up for some of the other ones, and it leads to a field goal. It's eleven to ten. Patriots are still beating the Bills. Pamela with another super chat. Pamela, what's up? Let Josh do his thing. Pamela with the super chat. He's our best running back. Seems they are trying to uh, tempt him and trap him, and he seems insecure in rushing. He plays his best or protect him. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say there, Tamp. Uh, he plays his best when he himself is doing his thing, throwing and rushing. 100%. The guys on the pregame show said the same thing. All three of them, Parker, Fina, Ostrowski all said, let Josh do Josh things. Let him be who he is. Thank you for the super chat, Pamela. You're awesome. You know that already, though. 
Wrapping up the fourth quarter, this is when the game got interesting. As I told you guys, this is when I began to believe. The Patriot drive stalls after an apparent conversation with Milano. There, there apparently seemed to be an in-game conversation, an in-game adjustment, of which the broadcasters at that point said that McDermott had had a long conversation during the timeout break, or the, 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 the commercial timeout with Matt Milano. Hang on. With Milano. And they told him, instructed him, it seemed to start shooting the gaps, probably something they should have told him to do in the second quarter. But they tell him to start shooting the gaps, and he does, and he becomes a havoc wreaker for the for, for the Patriots. That was probably the first thing that made Belichick panic. And then when the Bills proceeded to drive the ball down the field, the panic set in for them a little bit. Not a lot, a little bit. But the Bills have life on defense despite giving up you know, the field goal. Adjustments, the adjustments, I should say, just came two quarters too late. 14 to 11, the Patriots are winning. Again, the Buffalo Bills drive the field. They work for a field goal. Bass misses. We talked about it. Seven minutes left. Bills force a three and out after, after the Pats finally decided to throw the football twice to max out Mac Jones' three attempts for the game. Oddly enough, stopping the clock, which makes no sense, but the Pats punt. Josh Allen with a masterful drive. Josh Allen drove the field. Great throws. He had a great run. It was a great run by Devin Singletary. Knocks with a false start, puts it at third and 14. Then Josh Allen does Josh Allen things and avoids a rush. He hits Dawson Knox in the hands in the end zone, and he drops it, fourth and 14. And at this point in time, the defender just makes a great play. Comes off of his man, comes off of Beasley, deflects the football, game over. Sometimes it just goes that way. That's why you can't, that's why you can't, you can't leave games, the result of games, on one drive or one play. This game was not lost on that one play. This game was lost long before that. Long before that. Let me get some game stats for you. The Patriots in this football game. I'm going to do the Bills first. Who cares about the Patriots? Josh Allen was 15 of 30, 50% completions for 145 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen rushing, led the team, 6 for 39. He had that one big run. Devin Singletary, 10 for 36. Zach Moss, 8 for 21. Zach Moss did not have a great running game. He was there when he was needed. He, he, he was very instrumental in pass protection. Matt Breida, 1 for 3. Uh, I just, what are you going to do, right? I mean, your, your leading rusher is your quarterback. You won't give him the football more than he should run it. Like, if the, the Buffalo Bills almost need to start playing Josh Allen the way that they, they play Lamar Jackson. Just let him run. Let him run. Let him do his thing. Lamar Jackson hasn't gotten hurt from it. Your three running backs, your top dogs, your horses, average 3.6, 2.6, 3.0. Stephon Diggs, four receptions for 51 yards. Gabriel Davis, two for 30 with a touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders, three for 22, who was fired up in this football game. Dawson Knox, two for 14, dropped some several important passes. Zach Moss had a couple great screens, a couple, couple great flat routes, two for 12. Beasley, one for 11. Breeder, one for five. Yay. Patriots in this football game. Mac Jones, two for three, 19 yards. Buffalo Bills, you got beat by a quarterback that threw the ball three times. Welcome to 1918 football in America. Two of three for 19 yards. Damian Harris, 10 rushes for 111 yards. He obviously had that one big 64-yard 64, 64 run. That, to me, isn't as bad as the next one. Ramondre Stevenson, 
24 for 78. Dude rushed 24 times, 3.2 yards of carry for 78 yards. He just pummeled the Bills. He punched him in the face. Ramondre Stevenson, by the way, Bills Mafia, is a fourth-round draft pick. We're going to see this guy for the next five years every single game. He is the future of the New England Patriots. Is it even worth mentioning the, play, the Patriots receivers? It's not. Dude Awards, ladies and gentlemen, the Dude Awards. My first Dude Award. So for those of you that might be new to the show, we give out Dude Awards in this matter, or manner, rather, matter, in this manner. Dude Awards. So if somebody did well, if they played well, we give them a, dude, you were great. So some people do, Sal does arrow up, arrow down. Some people do, some people do thumbs up, thumbs down. I do the Dude Awards. So the good dude is, dude, you were great. If you were not good, then it's dude. Like we got, we got to do something about this, bro. It just wasn't good. My first dude award goes to the Bills Mafia. I'm going to be honest with you, Bills Mafia. You are not the reason this football team is losing games. With everything that has been against us, with everything that uh, the county has tried to do to keep people away from the stadium, the weather has not been great. The the teams the team has not played well at home. The team has played horribly at home. They've lost to the Steelers at home. They've lost to the the Colts at home. They've lost to the uh, what you would call it the 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 Patriots at home. The Bills are just not playing good at home. But the Bills Mafia shows up and is loud and proud and amazing every single football game. So my first dude goes to the Bills Mafia. My second dude award goes to Harrison Phillips. Harrison Harrison Phillips is playing on a torn MCL and the dude was an anchor on the defensive line tonight. He he as much as we were clamoring to get Star back, Harrison Phillips made the highlight reel several times in this football game. Harrison had a great game, bro. Good on you. My last dude award goes to Josh Allen. While everybody else is panning Josh Allen on social media and talking about how we need to score 10 more points from a $300 million quarterback, yada yada yada. Josh Allen did everything he could in this football game to win that to win it. Josh Allen can't throw the football after evading two would-be tacklers to sack him in the back, like in the backfield. He can't throw it 30 yards downfield on a rope and run down there and catch it himself. The ball hit Dawson Knox in the hands for the football game. For the football game. Josh Allen, you get my third dude award. My dude awards my dude awards not great dude awards go to first one sean mcdermott sean you know what i don't know what it's going to take we love you um we want you here you're a part of us and uh you broke the drought and we love everything everything that you say we love what you stand for we love what you represent we love how you generally get this team to play but there is something going on in your locker room there is something going on on your coaching staff People are not disciplined. People are not executing. People are not prepared. People are not playing physical. People are not playing tough. All the things that we saw from you and your teams in the first three years have gone, four years have gone bye-bye. I don't know what's going on, Sean, but it's time to look in the mirror and start asking some hard questions about some people that you have on this football team and some coaches you have on your staff. We may be getting or have gotten a little bit entitled and the opposite of humble and hungry is entitled. And every single person listening to me right now, the 200 of you can quote me that on Twitter, the opposite 
of humble to, humble and hungry is entitled. And this is seemingly an entitled football team right now. My next dude award goes to Brian Dable. How many games are we going to watch Brian Dable take the ball out of Josh Allen's football hand or football or hand? Sorry, I'm reading the comments at the same time. Sorry. How many games are we going to watch Brian Dable take the football out of Josh's hands? This is a passing team right now. They are not a running. I love the idea. I love the concept. I love all the thoughts about we got to be more efficient. We got to, if we're going to win the Super Bowl, we got to be better on the ground. We got to have a run game. We got to do all these things. You know what? We don't have these things. So stop pretending that we do and stop taking the football out of Josh's hand. My last dude award goes to, we've already talked about it, Dawson Knox. I don't think I need to say much about it. Dawson dropped a lot of balls that were really important in this football game. A lot of them. Catches that he has surprisingly made this year. Those are my dude awards. Got a couple more super chats. You guys are super chat crazy tonight. It's great. Pamela back in the super chat. We got teased last year. Some coaching, uh, same coaching as last year, only built the D since. What happened? Well, we didn't build the D. I mean, the, the D kind of returned to form from 2019, but I don't know. I think, like I said, I think they're playing entitled. I don't think they're playing humble and hungry like, like Sean McDermott talks about. Next Super Chat is from Aiden Clark. Aiden, thanks for being a part of the show. Patriots to the rest of the AFC. Surprise, surprise, mother truckers. The king is back. You're not wrong. Right now, there's nothing the Bills Mafia can do except agree with you. That's all we can do. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. We're going to read the tweets, the feelings of the Bills Mafia. I put a tweet out just after the football game ended. Okay, Bills Mafia, crushing defeat when the only answer we needed was a win at home against the Patriots. How are you feeling? Let me know, and I will be reading your tweets on the show in 30 minutes. This is what we got for you, and there's a bunch. There are a bunch. You guys are all up in your fields tonight. <laughs> Settle in, Bills Mafia. We're going to be here for a minute. I'm going to do my, my best to read through them quickly. JD at JD777. 42869. I had zero confidence in Josh coming through today. He is not who he thought he was. Blame O-line all you want, but he has been disappointing. People are going to so people are going to blame where they want to blame. People are going to see what they want to see. The funny thing about Bills Mafia and this has been this way forever is we love to go after the most like the highest paid guy in the team. Because Josh Allen should complete every throw. Josh Allen should never throw an incompletion. Josh Allen should never throw an interception. Every pass that he throws should be a touchdown. This is just where Bills Mafia lives. We live this way with Jim Kelly. I grew up with literally Bills fans clamoring for Frank Reich. Frank Reich should be the starting quarterback. If we had, if Frank Reich was the starter, we'd never lose a game. We'd won all them Super Bowls. No, Frank Reich was not Jim Kelly, and he proved it when he left the Bills to become a starter. Is Josh Allen the problem? No. Is he part of the problem? Yes. When a team is losing, everybody's a part of the problem. It's a team sport. But Josh Allen is not the reason that they're losing. Billy Stark at Billy Starsky. So many small things could have changed to win that game. Stopping Harris's big run, stopping the two-point conversion, or going for one. The deep pass to Diggs. Making that field goal. Or not even trying for that field goal, I would add. Cap at David Capella. One. It says two. So we must have another one in here somewhere. Uh-oh. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can find David Capella's one, and then I'll come back to two. Daniel Whale at DP Whale. Let's face it, season was involved uh, uh, in a major car. Season was involved in a major car wreck tonight. Oh, gotcha. Car might still be drivable, but we're talking more uh, more than Bondo and some touch-up before we're cruising again. Damn it. Hashtag go Bills. Sorry, it took me a minute. <laughs> that was great. Loved it, Daniel. Uh, keep coming in. Andrew Sunday at Andrew S92154723. What's with the people on the numbers tonight? We built a team to beat last year's K-City team while everyone else is building a team to win this year's NFL or beat us, I would add. They got too focused on that AFC, AFC championship game loss. We got caught in a copycat league and, and are a year behind. TV put us out. I'm sorry, TV put out the blueprint and we hit copy and paste instead of improving upon it. Not wrong. Ethan A. Tweedy at Tweedy underscore A. I know what Josh is going to say. This loss is not who we are. Yes, it is who we are. Can't beat a, we can't beat good teams. Just got embarrassed on primetime. Just ugly performances, especially in the red zone. I honestly don't know what to say anymore, Joe. It makes no sense. Or no, I'm sorry. He says make it make sense. Ethan, I can't. <coughs> I can't make it make sense, bro. Nate Reichert. At Nate underscore Reichert 18. We need to run game badly. It's true. We are run deficient big time. Cap. Oh, here's number one. Cap at David Capella 01. That game made me physically sick to my stomach. I know the weather was bad, but the inability of the Lions to get the job done, again, is agonizing. Coaching decisions were made highly suspect at times. Or coaching decisions. Coaching decisions were highly sus suspect at times. My bad. More costly mistakes by a team that is beating themselves. It's not. And then he goes to two. I got to find it. Just one thing we fixed. Uh, one thing we fixed and we are good. Maybe the team needs a playoff miss wake up call and revamp the lines to straighten this thing out. To sum it up, this team is blatantly inconsistent. And that's what makes it so difficult to stomach. You're not wrong, dude. That's literally dead on. Megs at foul underscore Megs. Pass run game and D beat us. Not Mac Jones despite the ass kissing he'll get after this. I don't think he's going to get any ass kissing at all. It's going to be a joke that the Bills allowed a quarterback to throw three times and got beat. Allen threw it 30 times in unreal weather. Our run game is non-existent. Knox had an off game. JA-17 played well. I hate the Patriots. I hope they lose in the first round. Me too. Gene McGuire at McGuire 52. Numb. I feel numb. Right there with you. I don't know what else to feel. Double D at Denny D8. We will bounce back and win the Super Bowl. This is our year. I love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retweet that because I love the energy. NYP in the 716. This is my girl, T. Estelle, at T. Estelle. Joe, I need a break. I love my team, but I need a break. I'm going on a bye. I'll be back maybe playoffs if we win, if we're in, rather. This game hurts. It's not the end of the world, but it hurts. T, you're my ride or die, T. You know that. You know you know how I feel about you and Jay Spence, and you and me are all, we're tight. I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't with you. My guy, Richard Rush, at Richard R. Rush, too, who is in the chat section right now. Joe, this shit can't be healthy. It hurts worse because it's the evil empire. I'm going to ask my shrink what in the hell is wrong with me. At this point, I'm like a snare drum. Beaten gives me the peace symbol. <laughs> Richard, you're the man. My guy, Saxa Dave, at Saxa Dave, my friend from the UK all the way across the pond. Feeling, question mark, Super Bowl, to, Super Bowl contenders, my arse. He used the word arse. 
We'll be lucky to make the playoffs. Keep expecting that game to be the wake-up call. It's now who we are. No excuses. McDermott wanted teams to be one-dimensional against us. They are. And we can't stop them. We can't stop the run. Even when we sell out to it, we cannot stop it. Richard Rush with another one says, we can't even win two in a row. We've got the uh, playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> My guy C-Dub at Chris Wells 73. If this season has taught me anything, it's the O-line has played this team out of a Super Bowl run. Oh, and I'm a firm supporter for a Dome Stadium. Please and thank you. Follows it up with, and don't get me wrong, I still think the Bills can win this division, but go out, but got to win out. They do have to win out at this point. That game into and get help. Uh, that game in New England will be one for the for the division title. We'll see. Jack Nealon at J Nealon forty one. Hear me out. We need someone to take responsibility. Enough of the team first. Yeah, the team first BS. Identify the problem, call it out, expect better of the team, and improve it. If the if the team really has character, good locker room culture, we should be able to do this. Need to hold someone accountable. I was screaming for accountability in two thousand nineteen. Jack, I'm right there with you. 100% with you. Bills Media 716 at Bills Media 716. Not an overreaction. We are done. We are totally we totally ignored our run defense while publicly telling everyone in the league we were building to beat the Chiefs. A huge organizational mistake that will haunt us. I can't disagree, bro. Ali uh Kem Ozcock at ACO. Oh, at AC Ozcock. My bad. Apologize. Four damn years of McDermott, and he can't stop the run. It's actually been five. Never did. It's unbelievable and embarrassing. He's outcoached big time. Worst game management ever. Well, I wouldn't say ever. It's, it's been bad, but I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse even this season. Huge mistakes that a fourth-year coach, fifth-year coach, it's fifth, <laughs> should not make at this level. Goodness gracious. You guys are all up in your fields. I love it. I love it. Jamie McAndrew, at Jamie McAndrew. Can't listen as it's 420 a.m., but I'm sure, or I'm not sure the Bills make the playoffs with a 9-8 and eight record can't see the bills winning either tampa bay new or new england and i don't believe the bills will put the three w's up at the remaining three matches i think they will so they're definitely going to beat the carolina panthers the jets and the uh falcons that those wins are coming for sure if this happens where do heads roll i'm with you i mean i said that earlier on the show jamie i said literally for me if the bills miss the playoffs this year there's got to be a change in personnel and there needs to be a change on the coaching staff somewhere if not a couple Matt Hill at M Hill 167. We're almost done. This team just doesn't have the same mojo as last year. It's true, bro. They do not have the swagger that they had last year. They need to get back in the t- in the right headspace. If just saying humble and hungry doesn't work, this team may need a season of being humbled to get right, which is where we're at. I still feel like we have the talent, just not the mentality. That is the tweet of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Tweet of the night. Kyle Forrest at Kyle Forrest 9. Well, let's start with Josh missing Beasley on the last drive wide open. Missing Diggs on the third down, dropping a TD, which I can't blame him. And the big one is the Patriots throwing the ball three times and beating us. We need to beat Tampa and the Patriots. This is getting silly. Steve at Steve Westerhout. Like crap. How is he feeling? Like crap. Drop passes, questionable calls, no run game, poor, uh, poor run defense. It's not over but I don't miss the old days of being in the hunt, right? Right. Chris, at 3VIL3, it's supposed to say Evil Empire, but it's with three. So 3VIL, 3PIRE, 3-6. Three, 
Division is still in the Bills' grasp. I highly disagree, but that's just me. The division is still in the Bills' grasp. Probably lose to Tampa next week, but beat New England week 16 and win the other games that they should win, and then they get the division. We'll see. They're going to need a ton of help. Jeremy at JDog underscore 501. He says just pain right there with you. Three more. Clay Devereaux. Sorry, two more. Clay Devereaux. The Bills really aren't very good, and it's Clay underscore Devereaux. No X. Last one, 2007 Bills fan at Reed underscore Levine. I want to divorce this team. What happened, Joe? What happened to the team that threw all over people? What happened to the team that had guts and wasn't scared of teams? Ever since the playoffs last year, this team has played different. And I don't know what the issue is. Go Bills, I guess. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That is the show. Those are the tweets. Those are the notes. Those are the stats. That's the story of the game. Those are the dude awards. That's all of it. That was, in my opinion, the game of the season. And it's funny because with every game of the season that comes about that you lose, it presents another opportunity for the next game of the season, which is the Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend in Tampa, of which I will be at. Payton, you were supposed to go to bed. You're still here. You said you were going to bed a half hour ago. (laughs) Make no mistake. The season is on the line this Sunday in Tampa. And I'm going to be there. A lot of Bills Mafia is going to be there. If you're going to be there, let me know. We can grab a beer. We can meet out someplace. The Market Dominator is going to be there. John Spaschek. But, uh, yeah, as games go, this one hurts. This was a winnable football game. This was a very much winnable football game. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Overreaction Post Game Show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter. If you're not already following me and you are Bill's Mafia, please do me a favor. Jump over to Twitter if you're on Twitter. Follow me. I'll follow you back, especially if you've got something Bills-related in your, what, handle, avatar, description, whatever. And I make you this promise. I will not unfollow you unless you tweet porn. So do me a favor. Jump over. Follow me. I'll follow you back. We're in this thing together, Bills Mafia. We are family. We are tight. We are one. We're all hurting. This has not been a great year. This has not been the year that we've expected, but I would probably say this to Bruce Nolan's point. It's time to lower lower our expectations for what this year is going to bring us. Not that we didn't know that already, but it's time. So for me, for everybody at Buffalo Rumblings, appreciate you guys, love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. For Joe Miller, for Buffalo Rumblings, for... Bruce Nolan and Jay Spence and Circle of Wagons and all of them, Matt and Anthony Marino. I'm trying, I'm going to miss somebody, right? Like Jamie D, uh, Big, uh, Big Newton, Jamie D, uh, Joe Vega, Buff Hub, like all of us. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Have a good week. Do the best you can to put this one behind you. Flush it. Just, just flush it, as the Buffalo Bills always say. We're going to flush this one. And we're going to move on to the next one. We're just going to flush it, kind of like we did the season. Sorry, that was extra. I should have gone there. That's not in my notes. But anyways, as always, love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging with me. Enjoy your Tuesday as much as you can. Joe Miller signing off. Go Bills.